Chapter 16 of Pieces of Hate and Other Enthusiasms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pieces of Hate and Other Enthusiasms by Haywood Broon. The Dog Star. The Silent Call presents the most beautiful of all male stars now appearing in the films. In intelligence also, his rank seems high. The picture is built around Strongheart, a magnificent police dog. There are, to be sure, minor two-legged persons in his support, but practically all the heavy emotional scenes are reserved for Strongheart. The dog star has virtues which are all his own, any man of such glorious physique could hardly fail to betray self-consciousness. His virility would obsess him to such an extent that there certainly would be moments of posturing and swagger. Strongheart is above all this. He never trades upon the fact of being a he-dog, or even emphasizes that he is red-blooded and 100% police. Unlike all the other handsome devils of the screen, he goes about his business without smirking. His smile is broad, unaffected, and filled with teeth and tongue. And above all, Strongheart does not slick down his hair with water or with wax. Fine mountain country has been selected for the silent call, and we see Strongheart galloping like a racing snowplow through white meadows which foam at his progress. He fights villains with great intensity and sincerity, devastates great herds of cattle, and brings the picture to a fitting climax by leaping from a jutting cliff to drown a miscreant in a whirlpool. We have seen no photography as beautiful, nor any picture so vivid and live in action. The story itself is good enough, but somewhat less than masterly. Repetition dulls the edge of rescue. The heroine, for instance, never should have been allowed to visit God's own country without a chaperone. Her propensity for predicament seems unlimited. Let her be lost in a virgin forest, if only for a moment, and out of nowhere some villain arises to buffet her with odious and violent attentions. She keeps Strongheart as busy as if he had been a traffic police dog. He is forever engaged in indicating stop and go to the stream of miscreants who bear down upon Miss Betty Houston. Villainicular traffic in the northwest woods seems to be in need of constant regulation. Strongheart bit some bad men and barked at others. Both measures were effective, for this is an unusual dog in that his bark is just as bad as his bite. He never questioned the character or the intentions of the heroine. After all, he was only a dumb animal and his loyalty was tinged with no suspicions. We must admit that the human frailty of doubt sometimes led us to carp a little at the rectitude of Miss Houston. Her plights were so numerous that we were mean enough to wonder whether all were accidental. There was one particular villain, for instance, who attempted to abduct her no less than four times. We could not dismiss the thought that perhaps she had given him some encouragement. Indeed, we would not have been surprised if, at last, there had come a caption quoting the heroine as saying, Get along with you, dog, 
and mind your own business. This, however, did not prove to be within the scheme of the scenario writers. In all justice to Miss Houston, it must be said that, though she owed Strongheart much, he was also in her debt. It took the love of a good woman to drag him back from degradation. He was a nice dog until his master left the ranch and went east to correct the proofs of a new book. Strongheart could not understand that, and neither could we. It seemed to us as if the publisher might have sent the galleys on by mail. Deprived of the care of his owner, Strongheart began to revert to type. He had been a wolf, and he took to long hikes away from home. When he grew hungry, he killed a cow. The cattleman put a price upon his head, and Strongheart became an outcast. His return to civilization was affected by the first attack upon Miss Houston. Even a wolf knows that it is only a coward who would strike a woman. The police instinct proved stronger than the call of the wild, and the great beast bounded out of the thicket and seized Ash Brent by the trousers. This was the first of many meetings between Ash and Strongheart. The last and decisive encounter was in the whirlpool. The dog swam to the bank alone and sat upon the bank to howl the piercing death cry of the wolf. There is a suggestion of a happy ending in the silent call, because Strongheart's original master falls in love with Miss Houston and marries her. It was probably the only union for the heroine which the dog would have sanctioned, and yet we cannot imagine that it left him entirely happy. Once the much-beset young woman was given over into the care of a good man, Strongheart must have realized that his vocation was gone. Ash Brent was dead, and all the other villains had been captured by the sheriff. Placidity stared Strongheart in the face. To be sure, he bit people only because they were bad. But like most reformers, he had learned to love his work. It was to him more than a duty. We doubt whether he remained long with the honeymooners. It is our notion that on the first dark night he took to the wilds again. We can imagine him stalking a contented cow in the moonlight. The poor beast lowers her head for grass and strong heart, seeking to convince himself that the horns have been employed in an overt act, mutters, You would, would you? Then comes the leap and the crashing of the great wolf jaws. It is the invariable tragedy of the reformer that, though his work has been accomplished, he cannot retire. First come the giants, and then the windmills. End of chapter 16. Recording by Richard Kilmer, Real Medina, Texas.